0: Episode number 49. But the problem is, we look at all those beautiful things and we forget about God Himself. Welcome to the Higher Life Podcast. Lessons from authentic Judaism. Get the inspiration you need for personal growth. Hosted by Rabbi Mitterhoff. Shalom, this is Rabbi Eliyahu Mitterhoff with this week's Higher Life Podcast. The Torah portion of the week is VaYakel. Why are we not aware of God? Getting back to basics. We're going to have a powerful parable about the hitchhiker, a great story about Rav Shach, and peace in your home. Charity begins with compliments. And now, the Torah portion of the week with novel ideas from the classic commentaries. This week's Parsha starts out with Moshe Rabbeinu gathering all the Jewish people together and commanding them. The verse says like this, For a period of six days, work may be done, but the seventh day should be holy to you, a day of complete rest for Hashem. And then Moses continues and asks the Jewish people to bring gifts to build the Mishkan. Like it says, take from yourselves a portion for Hashem. Everyone who is generous of heart shall bring it as a gift for Hashem. So you see you have the juxtaposition of the commandment of Shabbos just before the building of the Mishkan the tabernacle where Hashem's presence is going to dwell. So Rashi explains on a legal level, the reason why Shabbos comes before the building of the tabernacle is because it's forbidden to do any work that's forbidden on Shabbos for the sake of the tabernacle. We are not allowed to mechal Shabbos, to defile the Shabbos, for the sake of building the tabernacle, even though Hashem's presence is going to be there. On the other hand, the Tzvas Emes says something that's a little bit cryptic that we need to explain. He says, the Shabbos is an expression of that love that is not dependent on any other thing. So, what does he mean by that? So, in order to explain this, Rev Miller from Gateshead brings the Yalkut onto Hillam that says like this Three things were given to us as conditional gifts. They are the land of Israel, the temple, and the dynasty of David, which is distinct from the two things that were given to us unconditionally, which is the Torah, and the covenant that the Kohanim, the sons of Aaron, received. These are unconditional gifts. So the conditional gifts were dependent upon our spiritual level. Once our spiritual level dropped, we lost the gifts. For example, we lost the temple. And we lost Eretz Israel. even though we got it back physically now, but spiritually we are not out of Gullis. We are still in exile. And we lost the dynasty of David. We don't have the kingship and the Mashiach is not here. So those things we lost. On the other hand, we still have the Kohanim. If you come to Israel, every morning in Shachris, you still get blessed by the sons of Aaron during the tefillah, during the davening. And we still have the Torah. It's not dependent on our spiritual level. The Torah will continue with us forever as an unconditional gift and even if the Yitzhahara, our evil inclinations attack us, what does Chazal say? If you come upon this despicable creature, some of the Yitzhahara, drag him to the base Midrash, take him to learn Torah. It's the cure for our spiritual level. The Rabbeinu Bachi brings this Midrash that says, The Torah will never be removed from them. Even when they are in exile, in a land of their enemies, according to the promise expressed by the verse, it will never be forgotten from out of the mouths of his children. So the Torah is an unconditional gift. But also Shabbos, which is a third thing not included in the Midrash. Shabbos will always be with the Jewish people. The Gemara Pesachim says, Shabbos to Gevi of God fixed the seventh day as a day of holiness and recreation for all time. Even if the Jewish people sin, and even if some of them don't keep Shabbos. Like the Tzvassim has said, the Shabbos is an expression of a love that is not dependent on any other considerations. And we can always draw holiness from Shabbos, no matter what level we're on. It says in Lechav Dodi, From the very beginning, from the creation of the world, it was anointed and crowned with holiness. So Shabbos is another gift which will never be taken away from the Jewish people. And one that we can use to grow in spirituality. But Rav Miller brings another gift which we have, which will also never leave the Jewish people, and that's faith, our faith in God. We know there's a Gemara that says that as the Jewish people started to go down in spirituality, and it was difficult for us to keep the 613 mitzvahs, so different great leaders reduced them categorically to less. For example, David said there's 11. Micha said there's three. Isaiah said there's two. And Habakkuk said one. Which one mitzvah do we have? A righteous man shall live through his faith. And our faith is something that we will have no matter what love we're on, no matter how far down we go. We can still achieve pure faith because it's untouched by place or by time or by reason. All it demands a sincerity of thought and an honest reaction to the things in life. So even though throughout all the generations and all the exile that we've been through, we can still grab on to faith. It's within our reach. And Torah also. Torah is within our reach. If we go to the basement and we sit and learn, we can acquire Torah. We know that the story of Frankenstein really came from the Maharama of Prague. He actually made a golem. He created a monster out of mud and water and brought him to life. So this person was saying to Reb how it's unbelievable. And Reb said back to him, he said of the Torah that the Mara wrote, that he left for generations, is much more important than this golem that he created. Why? Because the Torah is not in heaven. It's not a question of supernatural, a miraculous phenomena. It's given over to human beings in this world. Even on our level, we still have Torah. So the four things that we have as Jews, which are unconditional, which God gave to us forever, even on our low spiritual level, we still have it. We still have the Kohanim, the priest giving us blessings. We still have the Torah. We still have faith, and we still have Shabbos. And it's not dependent on anything, and it's going to be with us forever, to the end, until the Mashiach comes. And these things are unconditional. So now we can explain what the words of the Tzvah meant. What did he say? Why did the verse about Shabbos come before the gifts of the tabernacle. He said, Shabbos is an expression of that love that is not dependent on any other considerations. In other words, Shabbos is fundamental, where the tabernacle itself is conditional. Like the Midrash said, the land of Israel, the temple, and the dynasty of David are all conditional. So of course Shabbos comes before building the tabernacle. It's more fundamental and it's going to be with us forever. Why the tabernacle itself was given on condition, depending on our spiritual level. So I want to explain how and when can we work on these three things. Torah, Emuna, Faith, and Shabbos. The answer is on Shabbos itself. Shabbos itself includes all three of these things. Torah, Emuna and, and Shabbos. Rev. Shimshon Pinkas, in his book on Shabbos, brings the Shmos Rabbah. It says like this, When Hashem gave the Torah, no bird squawked, no winged creature flew, no cow mooed, the angels didn't soar, the other angels didn't say, holy, holy, the sea didn't sway, people didn't speak. Rather, the world was completely silent and a voice rang out, I am Hashem, your God. This was at the giving of the Torah. So it appears as if that Hashem had to silence the world that His voice could be heard. But he wants to explain exactly the opposite. Hashem's message is always clear. God is always right there. The problem is that we don't even notice what's right in front of our eyes. And he brings a mushel. One time there was a great king who invited people to come to his castle to meet with him. So as the people entered into the palace, there was beautiful music playing, and they spent some time there listening to the music. On the other side, they noticed there was a great sage with tremendous wisdom. People stopped there for a while, were listening to him. Then they looked up and they noticed beautiful artwork. They spent hours looking at the artwork. But they didn't even notice that the king was sitting in the middle of the palace, waiting for them. The visitor could spend hours looking and listening and being involved with all these different things, not even notice that the king was there. But since the king loved this man, He stood up and announced, everyone quiet. So then the guest recognized that the king was there, and he got to see the glorious face of the king. He says, so too in this world. The reason why we do not see God, we're not aware of God, is because we're involved in all kinds of other things. We're listening to music, we're looking at art. We see the sky, the moon, the stars, everything. What a beautiful world we live in the mountains and the forest, everything. But the problem is, we look at all those beautiful things and we forget about God himself. We get involved in the details. So that's why Hashem made Shabbos. What is Shabbos? Shabbos is a day where everything stops. We stop working, we stop looking, we stop listening. And we go home. And what's left? Hashem. The Jewish people are together with Hashem. And this is why Hashem made the Shabbos, so that we remember Him, that we're with Him. And this is why it's an unconditional gift which will last forever. It's not dependent on our spiritual level. Every week Hashem is with us. But not only that, Shabbos includes the other two gifts, which is a and Torah. A faith, that's what we have on Shabbos. The Ramban explains that through Shabbos we remember the creation and thereby acknowledge that there's a creator. Shabbos is a day to remember God. God's taking care of us. Rav Shimshon Raphael Hirsch explains that the 39 malachas, the 39 different types of work that were forbidden to do on Shabbos, are forbidden because we need to remember and know that it's Hashem who created and runs the world. So Shabbos is a time of amunah, of faith. It was a known thing that Rav Yeruchim of the Mir, the Mashkiach, on Shabbos he looked completely different. There's a story of one boy who came to the yeshiva a week before, and when he saw the Mashkiach on Shabbos, he didn't know who he was. He asked somebody, who's the new Mashkiach? Rav Yeruchim was completely transformed by Shabbos. A sense of holiness and faith. That's what Shabbos gives us. So we have the two gifts together. We have Shabbos, we have Amuna, but we also have Torah. The Yahu Shmoni explains on the first Pesach in this week's Parsha, The fact that Moshe brought all the Jewish people together to speak to them about Shabbos. The Yahu Shmoni explains, so that's to teach us that on Shabbos we should all assemble to learn Torah. And that's why Moshe brought us together. To teach us that we should come together in the base midrash. The place of learning to learn on Shabbos. Because now we're free. We don't have to do any work. There's nothing to do. We need to learn on Shabbos. And the Tanah de Elia says Shabbos should be devoted exclusively to Torah. So by keeping the Shabbos, we have the three gifts which God gave us for eternity that's going to last us until the time of the coming of the Mashiach, which is Shabbos itself and learning Torah and Amunah and faith. So if a person wants to come back to God, the place to start is Shabbos because Shabbos itself has the power and the learning of the Torah brings a person back and a faith brings a person back. And that's why even if a person doesn't keep any of the Torah and he's still Shomer Shabbos, he's considered Jewish. But if he keeps the whole Torah except for Shabbos, he's not considered a Jew. That's how strict it is. That's how important it is. And Shabbos is the way that we can come back and really feel in our hearts the closeness to God. Here's a powerful parable So the Ma'git Madubna also brings this verse. Work may be done for six days, but the seventh day must be holy to you. It is a Shabbos of Shabbos for Hashem. This is a famous mashal. One time there was a poor man on the side of the road walking home, and he had a heavy load he was carrying, and he was trudging along, hardly making any progress. Came along a wealthy merchant. He had a big carriage with horses, and he invited the poor guy into the carriage. So the guy thanked him, obviously, and they're traveling along, but he noticed that the guy still had a package on his shoulder. He was carrying his heavy load on his shoulder while he's sitting in the carriage. So he says to the man, why don't you put your bag down? So he says, no, no, it's enough that you taking me. How could I impose upon you to take my heavy bag as well? So the wealthy man left. The carriage and the horses are carrying you and your bundle. So too, Hashem commands us to not work on the seventh day. So if we think that the other six days, it's in our power, that we're making our money, and it's coming from our strength. So it'd be very hard on the seventh day to put down our bundle. But we understand that it's Hashem himself who gives His life, who's taking care of us. So he'll also take care of us on the seventh day. It's time for Great Stories About Great Rabbis. The Mishnah Brewer and Hilcher's Shabbos quotes earlier sources that say, Before every Shabbos, a person should repent, since the Shabbos is called a queen. And accepting Shabbos upon ourselves is like going into royalty, to meet with royalty. Is it proper to accept royalty dressed in rags of sin? No, we have to clean ourselves up before Shabbos comes in. So one time Rev Shach's family noticed that every Shabbos he seemed weaker than he was during the rest of the week. So they asked him for an explanation. Why are you weaker on Shabbos? So he answered, Friday is a time which is destined for spiritual accounting, since the week ends then. When I do my spiritual accounting on Friday, it causes me great pain, and it weakens me for the Shabbos. Learn to give, love, and communicate. This is Peace in Your Home. Rav Simcha Cohen explains, Charity begins with compliments. We know that if a person gives tzedakah, if he gives charity, he can save from death. So what's so special about this mitzvah? The answer is that when we give charity, we improve ourselves. By giving, we improve ourselves. So we move to a higher spiritual level. But the Gemara says even more than this. Rav Yitzchak said, Whoever gives a pruta, a small coin, to a poor person receives six heavenly blessings. And whoever gives them verbal encouragement receives 11 blessings. So why is verbal encouragement even greater? So the Marshall explains, because it's more difficult to give from yourself than it is to give your money. It says kindness is greater than charity. For charity can be done only with one's money, and kindness can be done with one's whole body. This doesn't mean the poor person doesn't need the money. Obviously, you need to give him money. But to give of yourself is even greater. But for some reason, when it comes to offering warmth and encouragement to people, we freeze up. We don't want to give our souls, and good words are connected to our soul. We know, the verse says, And the man became a speaking spirit. The definition, according to Jewish philosophy of a man, is a bauchai medaber, a living thing that speaks. That's the definition of a man. It says in the Pasach in Yeshia'o, You put forth your own soul to the hungry and satisfy the impoverished list with your soul. That's talking about giving good words to people. It's like you're giving your soul. So the same phenomenon occurs in our house. We don't want to give encouragement to our family members. We have excuses. We say, that's not me. I can't say something I don't feel. I'm not going to lie. Why should I say it if they don't deserve it? Everybody does what you're doing. What's the big deal? Why should I compliment them? They don't compliment me. And this is the biggest mistake we can make in our house. Because giving compliments to family members is the number one thing that's going to create closeness in the family. People want to be around other people that they feel good about, that make them feel good. And everybody looks for appreciation and approval and sympathy. Somehow, though, we can do it with little babies. Every little move they make, we start jumping up and down, looking at them, wow. But that's intuitive and it's natural. And like book of Shema, God built it in. But it should continue throughout the entire relationship. We all know that at a certain point in our life, we got a compliment from a teacher or somebody that really helped us. But don't think it's just a question of pride and gaiva. It's not. Rav Natan Finkel, the ultimate slabatka, his whole sheet was godless Adam, the greatness of man. If you can get another person in contact with their greatness... They'll grow to be great, not arrogant, great, great and humble. And when you give somebody else an image to live up to, they want to live up to it. And just the opposite. If you knock a person down, they want nothing to do with you. He tells a story of a woman who came to him. And she said, I can never convince my husband to think the way I think. So he asked her, what, do you appreciate your husband? He said, no, he knows very well what I think of him. So he said back to her. Would you allow yourself to be persuaded by somebody who thinks you're worthless? You answer your own question. The reason why you can't persuade your husband or your wife is because you think they're worthless. They don't want to listen to you. And then it's a vicious cycle. The in Mishle says, Do not rebuke the late, the clown, because he'll come to hate you. Rather, rebuke a wise person. He'll come to love you. So the shlo explains, first tell him that he's wise. If you tell somebody they're wise, then they'll listen to you. If you compliment them and you give them value, they'll listen. You'll be able to persuade them. But somehow it's very, very difficult to give a compliment. It brings a bunch of reasons why. First reason is because people don't understand the importance of compliments. So I don't think it's a big deal. Another reason is because people think it's normal what the other person's doing. Of course she cleans up. Of course he get, brings money to the house. It's all normal. A third reason is because people feel they're not being honest. It's like they're bribing the other person. It's not true. Give a compliment. It's not just lip service. A fourth reason is they don't want to contradict the criticism that they gave yesterday. Since we're always criticizing each other, we don't want to come along with a compliment because we seem hypocritical. Another reason is if there's a rivalry in the relationship. You don't want to give a compliment to someone you're in competition with. But the problem is we have to overcome all these reasons. And we're going to discuss in further podcasts how to do that. But in the meantime, we have to understand the damage that it's causing. Since if a person does not get compliments, if his spouse does not give them value, it's like emotional malnutrition. And the person is in constant mental pain. And some of the signs that you'll see is impatience for every little small thing and demanding all kinds of things. Exaggerated demands. And these are all symptoms of emotional hunger pains. People want to travel all the time, demanding all kinds of things that the husband and the wife can't produce. When a person doesn't feel they're worthy, they want all kinds of outside things, bizarre things. But if the spouse would get their emotional needs fulfilled, all these things would disappear. And all the criticisms that they're receiving would also disappear. Because the reason why they're being criticized is because they're not meeting the emotional needs of their spouse. So, Bezrat Hashem, with God's help in the future, we're going to discuss how to give compliments, how to overcome the things that are stopping us from giving compliments and meeting the emotional needs of our spouse. Okay, that's it for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do me a personal favor and leave a comment and ratings on iTunes. It's the only way that this podcast is going to spread. Thank you for listening. Your voicemail could be featured on the Higher Life Podcast. Just visit RabbiMinterhoff.com to ask questions or leave comments.